Dr. Alan Leica here, and I'd like to welcome you to How to Live a Fantastic Life Show, where we will be discussing the important aspects of your life. We hope to inspire you to live the best life you can. Get out of your comfort zone and explore the awesome world around you. Break through your barriers. Take inspired action. Use the difficulties in your life to achieve the best version of you. Ladies and gentlemen, today we have a very special guest. His name is Bill Sterling, and he is a communication specialist who has been working with executives, individuals, and businesses for over 30 years. I can't believe it. He doesn't look like he could be doing that for that long. Bill <laughs> provides powerful techniques to help people to communicate more effectively. And who doesn't need that in this day and age? Because I, I think one of the biggest problems we have is we are in an age where we can get on the internet at any time. We can write texts and emails around the world. But I really don't think true communication is going on. I really think we have some big problems in that genre. And I think people need some help with that. So welcome, Bill, for being here today. Well, thanks for having me on, Alan. I, I feel delighted to be here as a uh, somebody that uh, really um, honors communication and all the different gifts that you bring to the world about really having a good solid mes message around things. I, I think we're having a lot of fun today and, and talking about how to make communication go better and some, some tips and tricks and, and ways to, uh, you know, move uh, people and get our message so that it's received better. You know, I think uh, we'll have a lot of fun talking about that. You know, so, so. Let, let me go back 33 years ago. How did you get into this field of being a wanting to be a communications person? You know, it's uh, for me, uh, my journey is centered around three questions that this is how I did it. And they, they literally came like one at a time. So the first question had to do uh, when I was a anatomy and physiology teacher, high school teacher in, and I started asking this question, why do people think the way they do? Because I was looking at student performance and, and how to get my students to take in information better and, and where one student maybe learned the facts about it, but it didn't do a very good job with uh, application or interpersonal connections. And another student was really had the general concept of it, but didn't do a very good job on the tests. So different people think differently. And that was one of the primary questions that started me down the path of communication, because, you know, communication comes from four different kinds of thinking, you know, and as these as one as that mentor showed up for me from corporate America, I said, oh, my gosh, I can use this tool in my classroom and teach people how to be better communicators based on their thinking style. And so that was called question number one. Why do people think the way they do? And of course, after you ask a good question and then you get a good answer. Then question number two shows up, you know, of course, you know, like as that. it rightly like should, as it rightly should, rightly should. Right. So the question number two was, well, why do people behave the way they do? Yeah, they think this way, 
But that doesn't really account for this wacky behavior that people do over here. Well, you know, what happens when things are emotional or in conflict or an upsetting situation? Why does this really good thinker over here say all this junky thing over here? Because their behavior is all over the place. And that led me to a second mentor that was an international mediator that would fly to war-torn countries with a languaging tool and be able to walk out and not get hurt because <laughs> it's like, how do you, how do you do that? It was my second question. It's like, wait, wait, wait. I, I need to know how to do that. <laughs> yeah, we're going to negotiate between these warring tribes in the, in this part of the world. That's and you're going to get somewhere with, yeah. with, with just a languaging tool. Yeah, it, it was, it was it. And, and uh, I was, I was at a workshop, but, you know, I remember the, I remember the moment as clear as day. It's like in the, in the early, in the late 2000s, I'm, I'm sitting in this workshop and here's the sentence that the mentors came up with is when I flew to central Nigeria to mediate between two African tribes, I'm going like, you're a white guy with a Texas accent. What are you doing there? And how are you not going to get killed going in and coming out of there with a languaging tool? So yeah, it, yeah. it's, it was my, I, I slid, slid my butt to the edge of the seat and said, teach me Yoda. It was one, like one of those, it's like, whatever, whatever you're doing over there, whatever you're doing over there, I, it's clearly harder than anything I'm dealing with. So I might as well just say, okay, show, show me how that works. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. I, I remember I used to fly a lot and in the back, it's back pockets of the planes used to be, it's not what you get by communicating. It's, it's what you get by negotiating. And, and, and it was Mr. Karras was the guy that oh, was for sure. The, a yeah. big name and all these full page ads and these, the, and of course you looked at them because you were sitting in the seat and the plane was landing or taking off and you didn't have anything else to do. You had to put your electronics away and stuff like that. That's so right. you saw these ads. It's what you negotiate. So again, communication is so important. It's so important. And, and the, and with the tools that he teach, uh, that he teaches. And those are these two components that I'm talking about is here's the person's thinking strengths. And you need to know about the, the words to use when you're talking to an engineer, which is different than talking to a social worker, the different set of words or an artist instead of mm -hmm. a, you know, a, a person that is an administration there. Those are two different kinds of people and they need to be spoken to differently. And there's some vocabulary that works better. And then yeah. when they're upset, you also need to know what to say or do when their emotions are up, whoever the person is, including yourself, to calm yourself down. There are words and phrases to use to slow down the limbic system and to re-engage the higher functionings and get you out of the fight, flight, and freeze uh, that can take place inside your own body. Our bodies. Uh, chemicals slosh around and our emotions slosh around based on from thought to thought and from word choice to word choice can cause an escalation to take place. So uh, we want to uh, do a better job of making sure that what's coming out of our mouth is going to be effective, not something that's going to escalate the situation and make it go worse. You know, you know, and and I I can't help but think 
that in this day and age where we've just come through two years of COVID and two years of difficulties, I think the communication skills are going to be even more important because of the difficulties people have. The emotions are raging. People's brains are angry. People are just not functioning properly. So I I think communication skills are even going to be that much more important. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think that the, the next, uh, uh, this next, uh, you know, uh, two years, a year, two years is it's, uh, the, the great de- uh, decompression. We're going to be decompressing our emotions and we need to be able to share and, uh, our stories with each other uh, in a way that's safe and effective. And then recognize we don't have to, you know, so much carry each other's pain, but be able to hold the space for that story to be expressed and then uh, to either mourn the loss or to engage the anger or whatever, whatever's alive, you know, in that, in that moment, because uh, Mm -hmm. um, these, these two, these two primary questions are uh, really the thing that really leads to the third question, which is how does a person's belief and their biases and their, the thoughts that they have in their head, which some of them are fallacies, how do those influence those two first questions, the person's thinking and the person's behaving. And those are the, those are Bill Sterling's triad of communication. I got to watch where the message is coming from. So um, I do high conflict mediations. I am the person that people hire to say, Hey, could you come to my city council meeting? I have 250 screaming people. Can you provide communication support? I go, yeah, sure. I can, I can do that. Cause for me, it's, I'm having the tools and abilities to deescalate a group of people because why do they think the way they do? And, why do they behave the way they do? And what are the beliefs are they operating from? Allows me to have the right sentence at the right time. Yeah. No matter what the person says. And that allows you to diffuse the situation so that the, it doesn't escalate into something that can be very nasty. That's, that, that's correct. Whether it's an internal upset or, you know, an external upset. So, so in, in reading through your story, you, you, you have a medical issue that, that you go through and you go to the doctor and they give bad news and you're going like, uh, I'm upset now because <laughs> this is, this is like bad news. I don't like this news. And you had to almost take a breath and provide yourself some comfort and empathy and go like, listen, I feel scared and I really need some information or I need some truth, or I may want to double check this person's, you know, uh, diagnosis. So that curiosity led you through to go like, well, I might as well see if this guy's person's right or not. And I need to ask the second question. Hey, Hey, is there anybody else that could give me a little bit more information on this? And you had to like breathe through your own fear and terror and 
upset. My anger, my bargaining, my denial, my depression, all those things that were going on in my brain all at the same time. And and all at the same time. And that's what people go through anytime they go through trauma. They go through those phases and they they don't go through them logically. They don't go them stage by stage. They go through them all at once. And so that's the problem people deal with in all this. And then for me, fortunately, in 2003, the Internet was invented, you know, so I could check out world's experts and check out things. It was very primitive then. It was it was was a dial up connection you had to get on back then. And to get onto it, you had to use a language like DOS to get on. (laughs) Because because our computers were like 64 bits. So to get on and to do things were were so primitive that you couldn't do it without somebody that knew what they were doing. Because fortunately, I had friends that were nerds that could help me, but it really was difficult. And, you know, I was able to find a person that had superior knowledge and be able to come to an answer. But, you know, this is the difficulty with the world right now is not everybody can find a person with superior knowledge just to solve the problems. They have to solve it themselves. And there's also the sorting through of information and the it's the healthy engagement of two very, very important emotions, doubt and skepticism and the application of a very, very important emotion, curiosity that's based on the pursuit of information and knowledge or best information, or um, let me double check one more time. Okay, I got three pieces of advice. Do I need to go and get a fourth or a fifth or sixth? Oh my gosh, I have a breakthrough at the seventh request. I have the breakthrough over here. I take that person's and it's, and it's good to go. Now, we're going to feel frustrated and irritated and annoyed because our own need for ease and our own pressure for getting clarity or understanding is going to be, you know, right up to our own eyeballs. And, and, and by asking questions that are ones that are grounded from what's happening inside us are better than questions that I'm trying to find the answer that doesn't go as well as I, I figuring out, I have, I have a need for clarity or I have a need for information or I have a need for trust and I really need some support. So you turn to your friends to meet your need for support in order to get your need for information so that you could have some clarity about what the truth was. See, all of those things were happening through your process and it was not easy because um, you were uh, there was the pressure of the anger and the bargaining and the and the depression and the fact and the very fact that I had six months to live I was going to die there was <laughs> as somebody said an arbitrary time clicker on your life you're like wait, wait right and here I have a stopwatch on it that you know it's going to be gone in this <laughs> short finite period of time you, <laughs> you, you know I I may need to upgrade and 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 
and and because the need for support was met for you and you it brought you to the information the clarity that you needed that that it was a another um thing lyme disease causing your experience um uh then you were able to navigate through it instead of taking the uh, the narrative that the person the the person gave you. But what you do, but what you do is you communicate better. You rephrase things in ways that people can understand them from an emotional sense, and from the sense from where they they came from, from their background and things like that, so that you can hopefully put those things on the table so that people can come to a definitive solution for their problems. Right. And it's literally interpreting um, it's uh, during my coaching sessions. It's it's here's the sentence that the person is saying, and that's called a context sentence. It's an explanation. Um, you you have six months to live is a definitive sentence. But you know what's underneath that? What's underneath that is that the doctor has confidence. That's his feeling. And he has a need for certainty because he read it in a book somewhere that his diagnosis six months was true. So he's not moving to the place of curiosity. How am I going to help this patient? And is there any other alternatives? He's just going after the fact that was implanted, the belief that's imprinted in his brain. That's his reference point, his validation point. So watch this sentence. When I hear that sentence is, I feel doubtful and skeptical and I'm going to pursue truth in a new way. Yeah. See if you're on target there, big guy. <laughs> well, well, when I asked him, when I asked him, I said, is there a way to prove the diagnosis? He said, of course, an autopsy. Unbelievable. 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 That he was already at the definitive place. And yeah, I, I, all of a sudden, I, all of a sudden, it's like, really? I, gosh, you know, I think I would like a little bit more evidence beforehand. Yeah, you know? my <laughs> answer back to him was, I'm not going to die to prove you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. So, so like, for example, I, uh, you know, I was uh, um, at one of my mediations as I was brought into uh, Flint, Michigan during the water crisis. And to train, you know, people to communicate better. And, um, and in this group of 75 people, what I did was present them a unique problem or challenge. I said to them, the first thing we're going to do today is going to write down the worst things that people have ever said to you. That's what my challenge was. And we're going to put them on a big sheet of paper and hang them around the wall of this conference room. So what we did is put these tables and have these sheets of paper and everybody's got these terrible things that the people have said to them. Okay. And I said, either personal or professional, we're going to make this a very safe environment to share personal and professional things. What is the crappy things that people have said to you? And, and then as soon as that acti- first part of the activity was done, I said to them, what we're going to do today during this day-long workshop is to write down an empathetic and compassionate response that's safe for every one of these sentences. And they're looking at me and going like, you're nuts. <laughs> they're going like, what do you mean a compassionate and empathetic response? And so I said to them, I go, listen, I'm going to do one of them as an example. And I'm going to take the worst thing off of this sheet the behind me. 
And we're just going to work that one and I'll show you how it's done. And then all of a sudden they're going to like, oh my God, how's, how are you going to do this? And then I look at the top of the sheet and Ellen, I, it's like my jaw, like dropped a little bit. I go, oh my God, the first one, the first one is the worst one ever up there. And it was a simple sentence. Here it is. You are a racist exclamation point. So I look to the, I look to the audience. I go, okay. Looks like a pretty tough one. What is an empathetic and compassionate response to the phrase of somebody pointing at you and say, you are a racist. Now the audience is like, there's a third people like chuckle uncomfortable, <laughs> comfortably, <laughs> right? Because uh, the first guy, first guy raises his hand and goes like, well, I know this is not right, but no, I'm not. And the third of the audience starts chuckling, going like, I don't have an answer, but that was the one I was thinking of. <laughs> it's like, because that response is a defensive response. It's not an empathetic response. You're talking about you. No, I'm not. You're not talking about them and the word racist at all. Yeah. So, so the, the, the nice thing, uh, Alan, about this is, is that empathy can be constructed by just a simple fill in the blank question. Yeah. Simple, but, but it's two parts, two parts. For part number one is you've got to capture the emotion in which the sentence was spoken through. What is the tone? What is the emotion? What is the energy that the person's speaking of? So if they're saying you are a racist in a certain way, it's different than they're saying you are a racist in a different way. The tone's different. So the first part of the equation is finding out those feeling words. So here's what the audience coughed up. They gave me four feeling words, aggravated, angry, helpless, and furious. Those are the four words they gave me. That's the way this sentence, you are racist, can be spoken from. All right. So far, so good. I got four really good words to use. How about the back part of the, the sentence? What's the motive? What Now, this is a very funny thing I'm going to say right now. What's the good reason that they think that I'm a racist? What's their good reason for me to call it? What is the need that they're trying to get met? What is the motive? What are yes. they looking to get from me? Yes. And here's the four words they came up with. After a little bit of work, they came up with support, respect, fairness, and justice. Those are the four words they came up with. All right. Well, those are pretty four good words compared to what it could be. Right. Because, because I mean, you could have had capitulation. You could have had, uh, you know, a lot of things going on that are reminiscent of the KKK, et cetera, and, and, and going on from there. It was really something that the audience and what the audience did, did then uh, you know, as a part of this training speaking engagement is um, the, the, the emotional uh, uh, connectedness started to increase as the emotional load started to reduce, because now all of a sudden we've got four really good words to work on. We're not working on the word racism now. We're working on what does respect, mutual respect look like? What does mutual support look like? What does fairness look like? What does justice look like? Now we have an active discussion. Yes. And, and you have world. something that you can move forward from. You have something That's, you can 
can can definitely go from from where you are to where you want to be because That's, you were at a at a very testy place there you were at oh, a place where it could be people retaliation you could have all sorts of nasty things going on there absolutely so we're taking we're taking the conversation to a place where it is manageable and can move us forward um human beings can that we we cannot literally time travel but we can energetically time travel and human beings time travel all the time all i got to do is tell me all i could do Al, is ask you a simple question hey tell me about your your favorite elementary school teacher now your brain just time traveled right there Yes. energetically. And because I said your favorite, you smiled a little bit because that person met your need for acceptance and care and support and fun and made the learning your mind open up. And it was a joy to be in the classroom. All of those good feelings, you just time traveled with one sentence. Yeah. You know, and that's the magic of human beings. But we also time travel with trauma more often then we time travel with joy. Well, Bill, you know, you would not believe, but our time is flying by in, in, in yes. this beautiful conversation we're having. And we'll probably have to have you back to elucidate things more and maybe have you on an hour show if you would like to, because oh, I, be I think this fun. would be something that would be definitely would be an hour show worth of material. Yeah. But this show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. And I'm going to ask you, how you, Bill Sterling, how do you live a fantastic life? I start each of my coaching sessions with the same question, which is, I ask my client, what would make your life wonderful if something happened during this next hour that would really make a big difference for you? What, what makes my life fantastic is uh, getting people to focus on how to hit the home run by dealing and being present in the moment and, and watching the transformation take place within that hour or within that training or within that, within that speech. How can, how can you make your life wonderful is by, is by getting more of your needs met in a given moment. And that's, that's, that's where I go to with your question. And I, I really appreciate you ask it, asking it and, and the, the target and the message of your podcast is spot on. You got to You got to get people to swing for the fence, you yeah. know, and, and stop and just stop overthinking things or using junky language along the way. It's just not helping. It's not helping at all. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like you to meet Bill Sterling and Bill, how can they get in touch with you if they'd like to? Well, that, I'm really glad that you mentioned it. Uh, uh, my website is billsterley.com and it's spelled S-T-I-E-R-L-E. And um, uh, Alan, I also can give you a link for, if you have a post on this uh, for yeah, a we, free. We will have this in, in our show notes. So if there's something that you would like to give us there, so yes. send me along your your uh your link there so that we can make sure it gets in there. Okay. And the, the thing that is the gift is, um, is the five safest sentence to, sentences, the five safest sentences to say, that's very funny, 
uh, during a conflict. Here are the five safest ones to say that'll start to de-escalate the conflict and start to create peace. So I have a little article about that that is really yeah, that's helpful. Good. You know, so that'd be really helpful, and and that'll uh, allow people to get connected to to me and in my world. Thank you, Bill. That's oh wonderful. Gosh. You did wonderful today. Thanks for sharing your wisdom. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for hosting this and, and getting the word out because it's really important for communication too, because we need a lot of, a lot of people on board to get the communication to stick and go better. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I hope to talk to you soon. Bye for now. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.